What's that? This is a refreshing mint tea on ice. I drink it daily because studies show that it can help reduce elevated testosterone and as a result help me manage PCOS symptoms like acne, mood, hair loss. My other favorite flavor is their electric turmeric, which helps with immunity while providing anti-inflammatory support. Great for PCOS. It's also blended with ginger, which is great for digestion, and cinnamon to help support healthy blood sugar and combat cravings. But... I don't see a tea bag in it. That's right. Peak delivers concentrated antioxidants and plant nutrients that are extracted with cold brew crystallization, so I don't need a tea bag. I can easily just pour it into hot or cold water. There's no prep or brewing necessary, and for something I plan to consume every day, I want to ensure that it's pure too. Studies show that those other fancy tea bags leak billions of microplastics into your tea. Peak has been triple toxin screened for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold. They make it super accessible to get effective and pure tea. Wow, that's amazing. Let me try some. Sure. Head over to peaktea.com forward slash sister spelled P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A and use our code the sisterhood, one word, to get 5% off your first order. All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy free. I'm Talin, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're going to make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Welcome everybody to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have my doctor, Dr. Nirvana. She is a naturopathic doctor and her program is called the Nirvana Diet, where she recommends dietary changes based on our genetics. Welcome, Dr. Nirvana. Thank you so much for having me on. I miss you guys. I love you guys. I love listening to everything that you say and how fun and entertaining you make it. So it's good to be back. Thank you. Really appreciate that. I mean, you were one of our first guests, I believe, episode yes. number episode number twelve, talking with my PC, talking PCOS with my doctor. Yes. Where we were actually in your uh, doctor's office, and it was really really good time then. I'm sure today will be a great time too. Yes. Thank you. Pre-COVID, when we could come over yeah. to your right. office, which is literally down the street from our yeah. house. <laughs> so today, well, you're for, always welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time when maybe COVID is time. all when COVID is all gone, we'll come back into your office and do an episode like that. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So for the sisters listening today, we're gonna discuss irregular periods, why some women with PCOS have irregular cycles, and a lot more about that topic. Yes, PMS and all of the struggles of getting finally getting your period with PCOS and how to have a healthy period. Yeah. Right. So our first question, Dr. Nirvana, because I remember when I first came to you, I hadn't had a period for like an entire year. 
And it was just crazy because I had gotten off of birth control and my period never came back. Um, what are some of the reasons why women with PCOS have a missing period or irregular cycles? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And it's multifaceted. So there's a lot of different reasons why a woman may not get her period or have irregular cycles, things of that sort. Usually what I see with PCOS ladies is calorie restriction. So they're not eating enough. And when we're not eating enough, we don't make cholesterol that turns into our hormones, right? Because we need good fats to make our hormones. Um, The other thing is, is most of them, believe it or not, they're hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. And so when our thyroid is out of balance, that throws off significantly all sorts of things. So it can throw off the um, insulin resistance. Basically what happens is when we have low thyroid, that slows down our metabolism to some degree, especially if it's really, really hypothyroid. And so then the body wants to hold on to fat. And if it's accumulating too much fat, if you will, that creates a state of inflammation in the body, which then can lead to insulin resistance, which will cause PCOS. It can increase leptin values, which will cause even more inflammation. And then that can lead to further things like even autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. So meaning Hashimoto's for the thyroid, for hypothyroidism. So there's a lot of different reasons why somebody might get irregular periods, but those are the two big ones where I see. So again, insulin resistance or um, which throws off our testosterone and things of that sort or hypothyroidism or not eating enough, not having mm-hmm. enough calories because they're trying to restrict so much because usually they've gained weight, which could be due to the insulin resistance or it could be due to the hypothyroidism. That's a really good point. And that is probably the last thing on a woman with PCOS's mind um, with restricting calories because you know we're so laser focused on trying to lose weight. You would never think that cutting out calories is why your period might be missing aside from all the other hormonal issues. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. What are some of the risks for women with PCOS who don't get their period for a really long time? Well, unfortunately, until we get to the root cause of why they're not getting their periods, it could be multifaceted. So for example, if they have amenorrhea and they haven't had periods for a really long time, that's basically due to, it could be due to low estrogen levels. And when we don't have enough estrogen, estrogen actually helps our heart health and it protects our bones. So it can lead to heart disease. It can lead to osteopenia or osteoporosis as well. Um, and then it can throw off cholesterol markers at the same time. So um, that being one of them for sure, but it can also be if they have insulin resistance. So if they're not getting their periods for a long time and they have insulin resistance, then they end up putting on more weight. And it's not just, it's not the weight issue, but that's the physical thing that we first see that people mm-hmm. say, wait a second, what's going on? And most oftentimes, young ladies who have PCOS, they have a lot of moodiness, you know? I mean, we all have moodiness, but they experience it in extreme forms. So mm-hmm. their mood goes up and down or they're really, really depressed and things of that sort. And so that's actually another marker that we want to look for to see if there's any sort of um, neurotransmitter imbalances. Because when there's neurotransmitter imbalances, that also throws off the prolactin levels, which can affect our luteinizing hormone, which then affects our progesterone and then infertility and things of that sort. 
That's really interesting. And what about the thyroid? Like, are there any um, potential future issues? Oh, you said Hashimoto's autoimmune yeah, issues. Yeah. So oftentimes, most people that have hypothyroidism, they also have Hashimoto's. Not everybody, but that is usually one of the, and it's it's kind of like the chicken and the egg thing. So does PCOS come first? Does hypothyroidism come first? You know, getting, figuring out the chicken and the egg, we can debate it all day long. But the fact is that usually they're related. So if they have one, they have the other. So making sure that they get their thyroid levels checked is really, really important for PCOS patients. Um, but also to make sure that we're checking for the autoimmune markers for Hashimoto's is really mm-hmm. important. Given all of these risk factors and all of the potential risks of, you know, just letting your period not happen and not being able to figure out a solution, is birth control a solution for this? Because oftentimes doctors obviously don't want their patients to not have their period for so long, so they hand birth control to induce it. What, how is that? Like, because I never thought that that was a real solution. I remember taking it and being like, this is awful. Like what, what is (laughs) happening and why am I taking this? And it's not a real period. I'm reading all of these things about Mm -hmm. it. Can you shed some light on this? Cause I'm sure many of our listeners are on birth control because they really want their period to come back and they're afraid of all of these potential risks. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately I'm the no-no advocate for birth control, or maybe fortunately, it depends, you know, um, who our listeners are, et cetera. But the reason is, is because, so how birth control works. Birth control is basically giving us a lot of estrogen generally, right? Depending on the type of birth control. And when that's the case, there's too much estrogen in the body. And when we have too much estrogen in the body long-term, it can lead to risk of fibroids or endometriosis. And then in the long-term, it could possibly be cancers as well. So for that reason, I don't like the pill um, or other birth control methods, um, especially with um, Norplant, which is a really popular one, which I think manipulates our progesterone levels a lot because they're giving us um, the medical grade of progesterone, if you will. And I've seen so many women with the worst side effects after getting off of it. So their cycles are thrown off significantly. They have really, really bad mental, emotional um, imbalances from it. So their neurotransmitters are thrown off. Um, And it's just harder for them to get back to their normal stage. It's just their poor bodies are affected in such a negative way from it. But I think the key important thing to take into account is when someone is placed on birth control or we're trying to balance out our, our, any of our hormones for the most part, making sure that the liver is healthy as much as possible is key because if someone's being placed on birth control in the first place or they're trying to get off of it, we want to make sure that as they get off of it, that their liver is able to process the excess estrogens, right? Um, Because the liver can either make things either more harmful or less harmful, right? Depending on our genetics and things of that sort. Does it make it harder to get your period back once you're off birth control because of all of this estrogen and all of these issues that it's causing? Yeah, it certainly can. Absolutely. Not for everybody. I mean, some people, I've seen some ladies, they get off the pill and then the next month they 
get their period. They're mm-hmm. fine. But generally what I find is if they were placed on the pill and they had PCOS, getting off the pill kind of just derails them completely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it becomes a cascade effect. Yeah. Are they still, are we still at risk of diabetes and all of this from insulin resistance if we're on the pill and getting our periods? Oh, certainly. Certainly. Absolutely. Because what's going on is we're basically when birth control is being given, it's just the estrogen, right? And then that estrogen can manipulate all sorts of gut bacteria as well, right? And we like our gut bacteria. But if we have an imbalance of bad gut bacteria, such as candida, estrogen actually feeds that when it's in excess. So estrogen is not a bad thing. It's just that when it's in excess, it can feed the bad bacteria, specifically candida. And candida is a fungus, right? Mm. Um, we all say it's the fungus among us. So it, it can't, it lives with all of us. It's just that when it grows out of proportion is when it can be a problem. Yeah. And then that contributes to diabetes and, you know, blood sugar issues. Absolutely. Yes, it will significantly. So when our gut is not healthy, it can certainly cause insulin resistance and then, you know, hopefully not diabetes. But yes, it has the potential to do that. Yeah. And then just to go off of based on uh, what you said last, how going off of birth control with PCOS can wreak havoc on your body. I uh, want to touch on that because we learned that the research that was done on birth control was done on young, healthy women. And it doesn't mean that PCOS women can't be healthy, but the you weren't in the research studies. So like they don't know how a woman with PCOS is going to react to birth control or how they're going to react when they come off of it. Because unfortunately, they were not included in the studies that were done when they released hey. birth control. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. No, it's a great point. And, you know... There's a lot of studies out there, but oftentimes, unfortunately, like you said, a lot of PCOS patients aren't included in those particular studies. Mm. Um, And so I just, I really, you know, why manipulate hormones even further? You know, I, as a naturopathic doctor, my goal is to help the hormones to regenerate themselves and make sure that all of the organ systems are working properly to be Mm -hmm. able to clear the excess hormones or if we need to feed and nourish different hormones and things of that sort. Exactly. I love that approach. And that's why I came to you (laughs) in the very beginning. (laughs) Yeah, It was my pleasure. It can be a really scary thing, like not to get your period for so long. I remember trying all these crazy, like, you know, one thing that I read was like, if you eat parsley, it'll help your period come back. So I, and I made tea out of parsley, like I boiled uh-huh. parsley and I drank the water and I was like, oh, this is going to help. Like I was so desperate. Have you ever heard of things like this? Yeah, I have. I have. And the thing is, is that usually when someone has PCOS, it's, that's usually something like that isn't enough, you know? Yeah. And it's hard because I think, um, I mean, luckily it doesn't hurt you, um, but it kind of gets to be disappointing. And that's what I usually see in my office is my PCOS patients say, I tried this and I tried this and I tried this and nothing worked and what's wrong. And that's the thing is there's nothing ever wrong with you. It's just that Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you pointed out three of the main issues, thyroid, insulin, and calories, because I didn't know that when I wasn't having my period. I didn't know anything about that or insulin resistance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
it's something that's not talked about enough, I feel like, is imbalances in our neurotransmitters. Because when dopamine, so dopamine and prolactin, you can kind of think of them as an inverse relationship, right? Even when serotonin is involved. So they can throw off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so checking neurotransmitters is really important for PCOS patients, especially if they present, you know, they say, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I don't feel like myself. And yep. then, you know, unfortunately, they go to uh, their primary care and they're trying to express this to their primary care doctor. And like, oh, you know, it's just you being a woman. That's not really the case. Yes, we do get moody and hormonal and things of that sort. But, you know, it's not all the time. If you're feeling sad and blue and upset and nothing is um, inspiring you or motivating you, then get your neurotransmitter checked. Yeah, I mean, uh, they said 50% of women with PCOS have um, depression and or anxiety. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be due to like not getting your periods and you're like sad about that, but also the neuro, the issue with the neurotransmitters, the dopamine, serotonin levels that's yeah. causing you to feel depressed and mm-hmm. anxious on top of all the different physical symptoms that you're not happy with. So it's right. like a deadly combination. Yeah. Is Absolutely. that related to estrogen, like dopamine and um, serotonin, all those neuro- neurotransmitters. Like I've read that birth control can affect that and estrogen can affect that. Um, yeah. do you know that like about that relationship? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So basically everything comes from our hypothalamus, right? And then the hypothalamus feeds to the pituitary, the pituitary feeds to the thyroid, which goes to the adrenals, which then goes to the sex hormones. But you know, there is the direct relationship from the hypothalamus to the sex organs too. So in this case, we're talking about the ovaries. And when it comes to estrogen, it can feed back to the hypothalamus too and say, hmm, do I want to release these neurotransmitters or not? But also uh, estrogen, I think, what I want to mention is that it, the gut health too, because a lot of our neurotransmitters, specifically serotonin, is made in the gut. Hmm. So if estrogen, if there's, for example, an excess of estrogen and it's trying to make more serotonin, but it's feeding the bad bacteria in the gut where serotonin is made, it throws everything off, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it always goes back to getting the hormones checked. And I see a lot of my ladies, what's going on is unfortunately, they're not getting their hormones checked often. I like to check hormones at the beginning every two to three months, um, depending on what's going on with their treatment plan. And then once they're stabilized, maybe every six months or once a year. So getting your neurotransmitters checked, you know, it's just like an annual checkup, right? Yeah. To be regular about it. You know, when we go to the doctor's office, we which is like once a year, you know, and we like beg for lab work and they either say yes or no, whatever. And oftentimes the lab results come and it's all within range and we're like, okay. And we walk away. And I know that as a naturopathic doctor, I'm sure you look into the fine details of like, you know, what age this is normal for, not Mm. just a huge range of ages, you know, like 20 to 40, like it's very different for a 20 year old, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 
especially when it comes to hormones, because you want to see like the thyroid levels. I like to see my TSH levels around one-ish or so. So I know a lot of docs have different leeways for them, if you will, or ranges that they like to see. So naturopathic values are generally a little bit more narrow and strict, but not for everything. So, and that's the thing is I would recommend if you have to go to a primary care physician and you don't have access to, you know, a naturopathic doctor or even a functional doctor, if you will, then in that regard, if you don't feel well, keep asking questions, you know, and say, well, how come I still feel like this? How come I still feel like this? And if you're not getting the answers, then, you know, maybe it's time to consider seeing someone that's going to listen to you or maybe has different answers that feel right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to continue on that. So like, um, what would you recommend? Like, so for, uh, for a woman who's having irregular uh, periods, irregular cycles, what should they, like, what should they ask for when they go to their doctor? Like to tell it, to tell their doctor, hey, like, I'm not getting my periods on time. Can you check so on? So like, what should they ask for specifically? Oh, there's so many. Um, I would say to do a full thyroid panel. So, you know, your TSH, your free T3, your free T4, you want to check the thyroperoxidase antibodies, thyroglobulin antibodies. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Definitely iron levels, um, because there's a lot of iron deficiency anemia that I'm seeing, and we need iron deficiency anemia for thyroid help, or we need iron for thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our insulin markers, right? We want to check our insulin, our fasting glucose, our hemoglobin A1C, um, our progesterone values, but specifically at day 21, if we can get our progesterone then. And then if you want to check your estrogen values, you want to check it at day one to three of the cycle. Mm. Um, And gosh, there's so many. You want to check your adrenal health. So Mm. DHEA, DHEAS, um, sulfate. So DHA sulfate is basically the storage form of our adrenal health. Um, I would say those are the big ones. Um, okay. neurotransmitters, if you can check even your prolactin levels, your dopamine levels, your serotonin, if you can get those checked. Um, I know Sinesco, um, I think they're still called Sinesco. They've changed names a couple of times. So they do a full neurotransmitter panel that I don't think is too expensive. Mm-hmm. So they're great okay. to do as well. That's great. That's a great place for a lot of sisters to start at least yeah. asking questions in those categories. Yeah. I just want to touch on what you said about stress hormones. So how is that related to our period? Because I personally start my period the second I get on a plane on my way to a vacation. Like if there is a little bit of stress like leading this has up. This happened like three, four times. Six, seven. Oh. Every time there's a trip. Happened during our wedding. With my husband, with oh. when I was younger, like whatever. It's as if my body would just not have my period and then wait until I'm literally sitting in the car or literally on the plane. Like there has to be some type of psychology that triggers our menstrual cycle. It's just your body likes to be in Europe, I think. (laughs) See, that's like, wow, like, you know, next time you're missing your period, if that happens, like, we'll just go to Europe. That's great. Regulate it. Right. Well, you know, that's actually a good thing um, in that first of all, you're in tune with your body. So that's wonderful, right? That you're paying attention to these things. Um, 
usually what's going on is when we're stressed, we're so, 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 so stressed, right? The body stops and it freezes because it thinks it's running from the tiger, right? Mm. It's got to go. So it puts out all this norepinephrine, all this cortisol and says, okay, we have to get everything that we possibly have into our muscles, including our glucose, whatever we have, so we can run from the tiger. Mm -hmm. The second you get on the plane, what happens is you relax, right? And when you relax, your body can then resume normal function, right? <laughs> it can say, oh, now I can get my period, which goes back to the point of a lot of ladies with PCOS, unfortunately, are so stressed about not having their periods, which I don't blame them whatsoever, mm -hmm that they're wound up, right? They're constantly yeah. running from the tiger. And so when the adrenals are stressed, you can't send the messages to the ovaries. I mean, who wants to be running from the tiger with their period, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the body says, no, that's not a vital function right now. I will resume that when there's no tiger after me, <laughs> right? That, so that's essentially what's going on. That's totally true. Yeah. It's such a tense time when you don't get a period for like six to 12 months. You know, it's like you can't relax. It's you, so yeah. stressful. And for you, it was just like several weeks and you were already yeah. feeling like this building, oh, yeah. this tension building up like every day, someone. every day. And then finally, <laughs> fortunately, after like two or three weeks, you got it. But like, I yeah. can't, I, I mean, I'm, I've never been in that um, situation, obviously, <laughs> but I can't imagine the stress and like the different things that are like going yeah. through your head when that's happening. It's terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying. <laughs> and it's, I think it's harder for ladies that they want to get pregnant and then they can't because they're saying, where's my period? How come I'm not getting a period? I need to ovulate. Oh my gosh, I haven't gotten a period. So that means I'm not ovulating, you know? And, and so that's going in their circle. And then they're worried about when's my next period going to yeah. come. So then I can start tracking this and that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stressful. It really yeah. is. But that's why we have to do our best. Again, going uh -huh. back to what you were saying about calming down and some of the things that we can do to actually get our period to come is stimulating our vagus nerve. And our vagus nerve is stimulated mostly when we're doing things that bring us pleasure, right? Increasing our dopamine levels if they were lowered is a good thing, right? Increasing our serotonin is a good thing when we're stressed. So yoga or taking a walk by the beach or mm -hmm. Go outside. To Europe. <laughs> Going to Europe. <laughs> Exactly. Or sitting down for a good meal, right? Just doing something that truly brings us pleasure, not like stress eating, if you will. Yeah. But, you know, or hanging out with our family or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like literally taking your mind off of it by yeah. doing something else that's going to make you happy. Because it's going to come. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you're not just going like, to go the rest of your life without a period. Like this is for all the ladies right now out there who haven't had a period in six months. Like it's going to come. <laughs> yeah, you just worry. have to like, keep working on it. And like everything you're trying is going to just like come together. Yeah, come yeah. together. It's going to all add up together to like get to this one goal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what can women, you know, a lot of women with PCOS complain about PMS when they do get their periods and like headaches, like before and during, what are some of your tips for that? Cause I know that could be estrogen related, could be insulin related, could be insulin -related. We, we learned that it's a hyperinsulinemic oh, yeah. state that's causing this PMS to be in a bad, like, a, like this mood swings to happiness because yeah. of due to the insulin. Yeah. Right. Well, migraines are never normal. Absolutely never normal. 
So for those ladies out there that are experiencing migraines and they, they think it's a normal thing, no, it's not. And um, first I would say, get see if you have any food sensitivities at all. Mm. Um, definitely insulin resistance, but food sensitivities can actually cause migraines and it can be healthy foods. And that's why I created the Nirvana diet is because we want to eat based on our genetics, right? Because when we eat based on our genetics, we know that the body isn't in an inflammatory state and it's able to do what it needs to do. So food sensitivities absolutely get that checked. But um, also there may be imbalances in neurotransmitters or different hormones and vitamin B6 is really good for that. Mm. So B6 has been shown to help with migraines. Inositol, is that B6? Or B? Um, no, it's a type of B vitamin, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think it's B6 itself. B6 is B8. That, yeah, Actually. I think so. I forget exactly which one at this point, but mm -hmm. it's, um, B6 is pyridoxal 6 or 5 phosphate, pyridoxal 5 phosphate. Yeah. Or pyridoxine, you'll see it, or P5P. Um, magnesium is really good. Making sure that you have a good quality form of magnesium. Right now, mm -hmm. my favorite magnesium ever is magnesium threonate, um, which feeds the brain and helps with sleep and memory. Um, so those are really good sources. Also, zinc. Zinc can help too, but if you take zinc, you want to make sure that you take it with copper. Never, ever, ever, ever take zinc by itself. Why is that? It'll really, really throw off the zinc and copper ratios in the body, oh. and then it can lead to copper deficiency, which then leads to a whole slew of other symptoms. So usually you'll see in your zinc supplement that it comes with copper in it. Oh. So just make sure that you're taking them together. That's really, That's really important. Yeah. 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 You know... I was just talking to my friend about this and how like hyperinsulinemia can affect your period, like mm -hmm. Sirak had said. And I was like, you'd be surprised if you literally like do not in consume any extra sugars, any um, extra like, you know, too many sweets, things like that. You're really conscious about your carb intake throughout the month you'd be really surprised at how different your period ends up being. And mm. even women who go gluten and dairy free say this because it's really helping with their insulin resistance. You Absolutely. know, and they're like, I just had a normal period, no pain. I'm totally fine. And it's probably because of the effect that insul hyperinsulinemia has on your period. Absolutely. So that's 100%. definitely one thing, you know, our audience can do on their own, like before even going to the doctor, taking a good look at what you're eating and how it's affecting your blood sugar. A hundred percent. And you're exactly right. Just taking out one thing can make a world of difference. Yeah. And there's a lot of like different tests that like home test kits you can do to like see based on your genetics, what foods are right for you, what foods may be inflammatory yeah. or like, mm -hmm. you know, cause different issues. Yeah. Or even taking Ovacetol. I mean, like in an, a good Inositol supplement to get your blood sugar under control. Yeah. Like that's why everyone's getting their period when they take it or yeah. not everyone, but like most women, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Then, we have like a, a, a common question. Yes. A common question that's normally asked like on Instagram. We want to ask you, um, does seed cycling work for irregular cycles? Yes. Yes. yes, it does. Okay. I tell us about yeah, it. Please tell us about it. I love seed cycling. So basically the thought behind seed cycling is simple. It's just about regulating our, it's getting our body to produce the hormones that it normally needs during the times it needs. So it's, it's just food is medicine. So 
eating, but you have to be diligent about it. So you have to eat those seeds during those times and in those quantities and, you know, incorporate it as much as possible. It doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, load up on gallons of seeds, etc. but you want to do the appropriate ratios that's recommended um, to do seed cycling. And, um, just remember, you know, it, you don't want it to replace anything. So if you, for example, if you have to be on a medication for some reason, this, that, or the other, you're not taking it to replace the medication. You're just taking it to give your body the proper signals to produce its own hormones. Could you give so us an example? Could you give us an example of how, like how seed cycling would work? Like, like what you would do and then what you would cycle that with? And what it does, like what seed does what and when do you take it? Absolutely. So basically, uh, during your first two weeks, you want to do about a tablespoon of the ground flax seeds and then ground pumpkin seeds. And you could eat actually the seeds themselves, but it's easier if you grind it and to incorporate it in your diet in that way mm. so that you could put them in shakes or you could sprinkle it on top of your salads or even your cereals or your oatmeals now that the weather is getting nice and crisp out there and things of that yeah. sort. Um, and then the last two si- two weeks of your cycle, so that's when you're going to want to do a tablespoon of not only the ground sesame seeds into your diet, um, you could actually do some pumpkin seeds too, but technically it's ground flax and pumpkin seeds on days one through 14. And then days 15 through 30 is mostly when you're doing the ground sesame seeds. And actually you'll want to incorporate the um, sunflower seeds as well. And these seeds like trigger certain hormones you know, that are supposed to be high during certain times of your cycle. Is that how this works? Yes. So basically those seeds, what they do is the body is amazing and mother nature is amazing. And what they're doing is when you're taking these seeds, one of the reasons I love flax so much, I, I recommend flax to everybody and anybody. And she is good too, but what flax does is, I'll use flax as an example, but all the seeds will basically do this. If you have too much of a hormone, it'll bring it back down to normal. And if you don't have enough, it'll bring it back up. Mm. So it's ideal for that. And it's a wonderful source of essential fatty acids. Um, So you're getting good fats from it. And it's mucilaginous, right? And so what mucilaginous means is, it's very ooey and gooey. So you can actually use it as an egg replacer and bacon. Oh. Baking. Excuse mm-hmm. me, baking. <laughs> and or because it binds, right? So it binds toxins. You can take it and it'll bind toxins. And it will get you going to the bathroom. Which oh, I that's mean, good. <laughs> who doesn't like to go to the bathroom specifically <laughs> for two? <laughs> so funny. Is, is, so flax, funny. is flax milk as good as just the flax seeds themselves? No. We drink, no, dang it. I we know. drink flax milk sometimes, that's why. It's actually good. The one that I think that you're got is it by, is it Moo? No, no. Uh, I forget the brand name, but I think it's like, this is flax milk, uns- obviously unsweetened, know. but um, yeah, I forget what brand it is. It's tasty. It really is tasty, but it doesn't do the same thing, unfortunately. Okay. You want to actually take the flax seeds mm-hmm. and you can crunch on them too. Um, I mean, they're all great. They're really all great for you. I but, remember. Sorry, uh-huh. I, I feel like I didn't answer your question. So basically days one through 15, you're trying to oh. promote the follicular phase okay. and the hormones that we need during the follicular phase. And then 
or decrease, if you will. And then these 15 through 30 were supporting the luteinizing hormones and the hormones produced then. And then you get your period after. Yeah, kind it's of just, promoting it this to- hormonal cycle. It's basically using food as nutrition to help bring mm-hmm. balance to the body. I remember 10 years ago when I came to you, you had told me to have flax seeds. So I bought fresh flax seeds from this little store next to the, the gluten and dairy free grocery store I would work at. There was this <laughs> other little store that had these, um, you know, when you go to a candy shop, there's those plastic yeah. bins. Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bins yeah. and they have grains, corn, or yeah, like yeah, different yeah. things in there. They yeah. had that all over the walls and it was all like seeds and grains and, you know, perfectly just like so healthy like whole grains everything yeah so i got like a huge bag of flax seeds and then you had told me to crush them so like every morning before class i was crushing flax seeds (laughs) and putting them in my protein shake that you had recommended and that was my breakfast do you you still recommend this it's great i do i do and you know what I mean, taking seed cycling out, it's wonderful. And you got to make sure they're the golden flax seeds. Those are the most important. I remember. And because they they have the most nutrition Mm -hmm. and they're super tasty. And make sure once you grind them to keep them in the fridge because they'll start to go Mm -hmm. rancid because they're actual healthy oils, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I prefer my patients not to buy them already ground and to just grind them yourself. Yeah, because there's a difference. Like I tasted a difference between pre-ground and freshly ground. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. definitely rancid by oh, the yeah. time you get it. Oh, yeah. If it's yeah. pre-ground. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I just like got a whole flashback. <laughs> like walking to class, sipping on this protein shit. Like who out of all of my friends like would wake up and crush black seeds? Someone who's morning? dedicated. I was dedicated. <laughs> Good for you. And that's why you are where you are today. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like everybody can get to that point too. Like if you're like dedicating yourself, you're trying these different things. If it's day one or day 10, if you're just continuing to like be consistent, like you're going to get to where you want to be too. So that's right. I think it's it's great that we talked about this. Yeah, I'm going to go buy some flax seeds. I got out of that habit. Yeah. I feel like (laughs) we should eat it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's yummy. It's so yummy. Yeah. Yeah. So, doctor, would you? Is there any other areas um, that we didn't cover that you, you may want to mention related to irregular cycles? We went through all our questions. I mean, I think that's it. I just, I, the one thing is, for those ladies out there suffering with PCOS, it's it's not an end all. Meaning, it's yeah. not it's not a death sentence by any way, shape, or form. It's just your body trying to speak with you and and give you, you know, clues that hello, I need some help. That's all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's very it's very livable. Um, it's manageable is what I mean to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's never as bad as it looks. It really isn't. Yeah. This was a super informative episode and it's so empowering for sisters to know what's happening with their body so that it's not as terrifying when you don't have your period for so long and you actually have some tools in your hands to make a difference and do something. Yeah, absolutely. And- and if someone wants to get in contact with you for help or any other reasons, how could they contact you? Just through my website, drnirvana.com. Um, there's also Instagram at Dr. Nirvana or Facebook at Dr. Nirvana Heals. And I, I'm copycatting you guys as I did my own podcast, which is very exciting. It's yeah. fun. Oh, you are? It's yes. a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's just Regenerate You. Awesome. And so- Love it. Uh, so those are some fun things going on. Great. I will subscribe and listen to that podcast to regenerate you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. 
right, it's always it. great to see you both yeah great to see you too thank you for, so much for joining this episode we'll definitely plan a future episode hopefully next time in your office so yeah. we could you know make it like the original the first time yeah <laughs> i look forward to it and you're always very welcome thank thanks you thanks for having us all thank right, you Alrighty, sisters, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sisterhood.